0: everyone. It's Dr. Denise. This is the Creative Mind Series, and I'm honored, excited, and smiling <laughs> to have Yogina Jaya here. Thank you for being with us today.
1: Ah, oh, thank you so much, Dr. Denise, for
0: having me. Oh my goodness. All right. So here is an example, everyone, of I was out in absolute celebration At Yoganandans. And this is how I met you.
1: (laughs) Yes. We had a beautiful exchange as well on stage. And joy and dancing and smiles. Such a beautiful way to connect and expand together. Absolutely. And it's really interesting
0: when we just pay attention when we're around another soul, Hmm. how we feel what their sound is, their vibration. Mm. And I was like, oh, I want to know more about you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then I'm like, I think I'm just going to invite you on the show. <laughs> so so I, didn't, I have to be really, my process is very intuitive. Mm. And I didn't do like all this research. I'm like, nope, I just know I'm supposed to get to know you. And I thought, wouldn't it be you know, fresh cool. and fun? instead of jumping on a call, just to get to know your process. So I was really, really touched and moved by your performance on stage at Yogananda. So I just want to sit with that and just say I was. it was very emotionally connecting to many lineages, and I just want to thank you for that.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, you know, we... <laughs> We were all blessed to be immersed with the the light in the yogic culture. We call that the vidya, the realized wisdom of of the of the masters. You know, so when um, you know when I'm saying this narration, immersed in the teachings and the the stories and the journey of Yogananda, it's such a privilege because it's such a natural higher frequency vibration, right? I mean, just saying his. His uh, teachings, which are the universal teachings of all of the masters, uh, naturally just, you know, raises your frequency. So that's kind of that little, that little, you know, oasis, that euphoria that we were experiencing together up there. So, I mean, I, I feel blessed just to be able to get these opportunities to, um, to call that work. No, you know what?
0: (laughs) And it's really fun because the themes throughout all the different series I have have been self-care is the new cool, (laughs) (laughs) deep play, divine, Mm.
1: exquisite,
0: ethereal and peaceful play, Mm. and then love all kind and all kind is all sentient beings. And for this year in 2023, which is why I'm very honored have you on the show. One of the bigger deep dives is how creativity fuels the soul. And I thought, wow, not only did I ask you to be on the show, but then once I got your bio, which everyone will be reading, there was a story of how you start your journey. If you could just take us on your journey (laughs) of creativity, health, and well-being. Because I feel Mm -hmm. like your story is so inspiring and it's it's all the reasons why I'm doing everything I'm doing on earth. So I just would love if people could get a window into how creativity fuels your soul and your own unique path.
1: Sure. Yeah. Gosh, you know, uh, 15 plus years ago, um, I didn't know that, you know, I, I am a creator and, uh, I create through thought Right. So this first thing of just understanding that I can actually create health in my body, I can actually create um, a healthy emotional uh, state in the mind and in the body. Um, I didn't know any of that. You know, I had done yoga, the physical practice of yoga here in the West, but um, I was suffering. I was uh, I was just after my 30th birthday, so I was young and um, I was living between New York and LA and uh, I had a handful of ailments um, that Western medicine with my bag of prescriptions that I was traveling with was um, not able to relieve me of. I won't even get into healing. I'm just saying to give me relief. Um, And I had this kind of, you know, how the universe gives us those epic moments where uh, I was going through the TSA check. Uh, I had wrapped a production in LA, a play and was going through the TSA check at at LAX going back to New York. And, um, you know, I put all of my prescriptions in a Ziploc bag and this TSA agent, my, the alarm had gone off to check the bag. So she opened my bag and she like pulled out the Ziploc bag of prescriptive drugs. And it was the most kind of like disturbing, uncomfortable moment, but beautiful moment looking back because she had such compassion in her eyes. And I just looked at the bag suddenly and went, what is that? Why am I traveling with that? What is that doing for me? Um. And really, it started the journey because I then examined the years of, of different um, doctors and therapies that I've gone to for all this you know, range of ailments that I had. And um, it led me to Ayurvedic medicine. I heard that uh, Ayurveda gets to the root of disease in the body and doesn't just treat the symptoms. And that just went off like an alarm in me. I said, "Oh gosh, the root. What's the root? You know, let's not just treat all the symptoms because all these medications were just piling up, treating the symptoms, and maybe I'd get relief for a little while, but then they'd come back again." So I sought an Ayurvedic doctor, and that and was in LA. It was actually in New York. Um, I, I, I got treatment in New York, and to be honest with you, it was pretty simple. Some dietary shifts, some becoming aware of what my day was, what my routine was. When did I wake up? When did I go to bed? What times did I eat my meals? Was it all at the same time? Um, And you realize, or I realized at that time, wow, I don't really have much of a routine at all. You know, I could go to Bed at different times. I could wake up at different times. I was eating all over the place. Maybe I wasn't fueling my body till later in the day. And it was all kind of just creating a really simple routine waking up in the morning, having some hot water, um, timing my meals, not snacking in between uh, meals to overactivate my digestive system because I had a lot of uh, acidity in the stomach. I was just
0: going to ask you I know that you're in this place of ascension and healing. I was just going to ask if you felt
1: comfortable sharing
0: some of the symptoms oh, yeah. you
1: had. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. that'd be great. I'll share everything. Yeah, I had, I had, I had. Um, I was taking uh, pills for my stomach acid, um, which led into ulcers. So, acidity stuff for the stomach. I had because of all of that acid in the stomach, um, a lot of rashes on my body and my face, which they Diagnosed, uh, you know, a lot of different ways, but I eventually knew it's because there was this acid imbalance in my stomach and my gut that was, you know, causing that. When you have acid imbalance in your stomach, then that leads to different digestive problems. And so I was having problem with actually, you know, just um, digesting all of my food. I had uh, allergy problems. I had, um, so a lot of things with sinuses. I had, this is when it starts to get, Interesting. Then I started to have, uh, medicine that was given to me. They diagnosed me with mitral valve prolapse. Oh, interesting. Which is a little, a little leak in the valve in the heart Mm -hmm. that they said caused, um, anxiety and panic attacks. Fast forward. I, I, I do have still this small leak in my heart. I absolutely, uh, it's never grown or anything. And I do not have the symptoms that I had at that time, but because I was diagnosed with that, they gave me then, uh, anxiety medications to have with me in case this were to ever happen. If I were to have any kind of anxiety or panic attack. So then now you start going down that route. Then I was having uh, problems with sleep. So the doctor would say, because I was living by bi- coastal and I was working full time in different pro- productions uh, on stage in both LA and New York. So I wasn't sleeping. So then they were giving me something to sleep. Um, So you see where we're going, like one thing after another. After- no, absolutely.
0: You know what <laughs> I just thought I want to share because other
1: people know me um,
0: that listened that... I'm kind of known as a doctor that always is like the least amount of meds or none. And I integrate as many tools in the toolbox of Eastern, Western, make referrals. I'm an intuitive, an empath. And it was really interesting because I was working with someone just today. Hmm. And right when I was listening to her, and I've known her for a long time, Hmm. and I even thought to myself, oh, my goodness, I have a feeling that Yogini, some of your symptoms are the same as hers without. So I was... Number one, asking you because I thought the audience would want to hear, and number two, I was tuning in that you might be able to help this soul in mm. a, in a couple months. Mm. I, you know, so I just want you to know that I, as I am getting to know you, I'm listening to your process, but I also want people to have hope that there's all these different ways to be well. So, okay, so you were on sort of the myriad of possibly lots of different doctors just adding meds instead of taking away and almost like another pill added, another pill added instead of this scientific method process, which is integrative. Yes. Sounds like it was a very non-integrative approach and then you started to go on the path of integration.
1: Absolutely. Well, the, the interesting thing is I was going to, um, what I thought, you know, were, kind of eastern western doctors but oh interesting um, yeah it, I, I can't say that I was you know that that wasn't a part of my routine well, can but I make, I want
0: to I want to pause I have yes. a theory and I'd love for you to check in sure on this as an as I, I have this feeling you're highly intuitive and when I so my theory and the times that I had in uh, 2015 my body was just going through so much and I also was dealing with Um, some very intense uh, patient situations. And I believe that our body for all of us keeps score. So Mm -hmm. in the material world and in the spiritual world, and for me, I found that not only paying attention to my gut, because I'm such an empath, (laughs) but it felt like it was a huge, almost like spiritual awakening. It's almost like my body was shaking me I, I by the way, I am a Western trained doctor, everyone that's yes. listening. Yes. I just want to integrate my spiritual theory is that I needed to go through my some of my different all of my experiences, but these physical experiences to guide me hmm. back into my or, more intuitive path, hmm. my more intuition. So I think that it's such a multi-dimensional healing process for yes. each of us. Yes. So I just was wondering if you have any things you'd like to weigh in on that theory that sometimes our body is also nudging us so that we get on our path, our unique path of health and well-being.
1: Oh absolutely. I mean for me that dis ease right in the body or that or that that tension, you know, I believe that we have the intelligence and and the heart to it, to activate that will to not want to be in disease, to not want to be um, disturbed or in tension. So when there is stress, there's something in us that can activate to say, uh, I, I want to relieve myself of that, right? And we do have that natural ability. So if we tune in, and this is this moment that I had, it, it, which was, you know, um, people can say it's remarkable, but you can just sit there at the airport. I just said, uh, you know, to the universe, to the quantum field to, and I didn't know any of this at the time, but I just, from my heart said, there's something else, please, please guide me and please help me. And I walked into a, the book shop at the, at the airport and I picked up Vogue and Elle magazine, Right. No, you didn't. No, you yeah. would never read those <laughs> magazines. <I'm just> <laughs> You know what I mean? I was 30 years fun old. I'm like I, love I, it. I, I love picked it. it up, and uh, yeah, it's what I picked up. But you want to know what I found in both of those magazines? In Vogue, I rem- I clearly remember reading reading this beautiful article about a, a a novelist who was living in Russia, and her whole concept was slowing down the pace of her life. You know, more intimate dinners over big parties, uh, vacationing in the countryside with her family over you know more uh, uh, you know, vacation spots and all of that hype just slowing down. Then I open L Magazine and I read about a yogi that is changing people's lives through Ayurveda. I'd never even heard of Ayurveda before. Uh, I knew nothing about it, but something in me went off in a satellite and said, I need to find this yogi and uh, he has some answers for me. So there is this, you know, intuitive process. Cut to, like I said, I had a couple changes. In my diet, within a few weeks of just shifting, uh, let's say my habits, but but started to regulate my my stomach. You know, in Ayurveda, we call that the digestive fire, the agni, right? We call it the the gut. Now, everyone is aware of of the gut health, but just to find balance in that, suddenly things symptoms started to go away. I started to feel some relief. And I went, I'm going to the source of this. And that led me to India to study with, I asked this yogi, uh, Ayurvedic doctor that treated me. I said, um, is it possible that I could study with your guru, your spiritual master? I'd never been to India in my life at the time. And uh, a couple of weeks later, I got an email and he said, yes, he says you can come. And, I love that. And literally that just became the shift in my entire life. And when I, when I went to India, and this Can is- Can I what, do a Sacred pause one moment? You, you bet. So
0: I believe in our own path to wellness that all of us have moments of crisis, stabilization, mm-hmm. and thrive. So I feel like your aha moment at the airport, I'm almost picturing this like a skit. Like I could see you doing a very, like very dramatic skit about like alarms going off the bag, (laughs) descriptions like, ah, 911. But (laughs) then you literally use that energy of how you felt in that moment. The switch went on Mm. and you were your own DNA, spiritual DNA was activated. Then you, followed a path of I'm going to get Vogue out then you opened up to the right page. Cause mm-hmm. this is something we can all relate to these moments where we're just guided. Yes. And then it's like, boom. So you yes. got to this point of more hope and equilibrium. And then you really were like fired up for your own health. Yes. So you didn't just stop. You felt like, Oh my goodness, if I'm starting to feel better, I want to even know more. So it sounds like you were <laughs> in, like on a thirst of like this
1: wellness quest. Well, because the, the, the experience that I had and what I realized was that I had no confidence in in my body, in my body's ability to just kind of balance itself out or let's just say in my immune system even because I had a lot of immune problems as well. I had a you know chronic recovering uh, reoccurring um, sinus infections. So all of a sudden, I was able to do it without taking anything and something happened like the paradigm shifted. And that began, began this journey of, um, understanding that, Oh, I do have the power within me with the help of masters. Right. I've been given what, what happened in India in my journey that happened in the next, you know, 12 years and living there, um, did was, you live there half time or how, tell us about? Um, I, I was there for years at a time completely. And then I'd go like four times a year for two months at the time. But for the majority of over a decade, um, the majority of my time was in India. What part of India? Uh, in South India first in Coimbatore, which is in the state of Tamil Nadu is where my Ayurvedic uh, guru, my spiritual master that taught me Ayurvedic medicine, um, he was located there. Then I went uh, to the north of India. Well, from there I actually... She, excuse me. Yeah. Is he still in this plane or is he... Yes, yes. Yeah. Can, guru, can guru. Can you say guru, his, his full name? His name is Guru Vasudevan. Okay. Um, yeah, but you I'm just, thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I believe yes. energy is
0: with us all the time, whether it's in this realm or the other realm. So I just want to say thank you. Okay. It's yes. <laughs> so important to say thank you, right? Yes, yes, yes. Thank
1: you. So that led me, so what happened with our and this, I didn't know was that Ayurveda is a sister science to yoga uh, that they're literally like two interconnected circles. That's how they would teach me. You know, they said, yeah, with Ayurveda, you can, you can learn how to have a healthy body. And then with yoga, you can have a healthy mind. And my studies, um, I went, my first course was just a six month immersive to be, just to learn how to become a assistant, a practitioner, Um, and every morning it started with yoga and real master yogis were teaching me. And this was a yoga that I had never experienced before here in the West. Wow. It it was not only were the yogis able to look at the different dimensions of my existence, right? So my physical dimension, my emotional dimension, my mental dimension, and see where it was off what needed balance my the postures that they gave me were minimal there was only a, a few of them but they were prescriptive according to what what my ailments were they would focus on a plexus of the spine that governed those ailments or those emotional conditions so i was like what you know <laughs> But what is this holding one posture for minutes at a time, focusing? What is this now, all this breath work that's involved, you know? And little did I know that they were taking whatever the ailments were. So let's say that it was my my, uh, um, solar plexus where all of that digestive problems were occurring, that they were focusing the postures right there in the solar plexus, Of nerves and that the energy that was increased in that was starting to balance the organs in the body, starting to balance the hormonal flows and the chemical flows in the body, which then were going to balance the emotions that were affected by that imbalance. And suddenly I left India in that first immersive, a completely different person than when I arrived. Wow, that's so beautiful and, and so and amazing. I, and I didn't know. You have to understand that, though. I did not know anything, what I'm saying right now, to explain it at that time. I just knew for the first time in my life, I was doing a small yoga practice every morning with these this yoga master. And there were different ones throughout the week. Six days a week in study. And then I would go into Ayurvedic studies, and then I'd be at the clinic practicing. So, but I had, I was forced to examine when I left, what just happened? Okay, India happened, okay? India happened, but it was that capsule of practice every morning, that just little bit. And I said, oh, my whole life shifted and I took a deep dive for the next decade into the study of yoga, and that led me to my guru, Swami Satya Sangananda Saraswati. She's a woman in the north. She's still in the body. She uh, Mm -hmm. has her ashram, Rikkiapith ashram, and, you know, the the, the universe led me to her, and that's when I was uh, led deep, deep, deep into the... uh, Complete study of science of body and mind and the universe, which is yoga.
0: I am so in sacred pause. (laughs) And during this decade of your own teachings and everything that you've experienced, when you were coming back to the States, were you starting a practice here of that? Or were you also integrating your creative arts? I mean, I believe all of our actions can be creative. So the mm-hmm. linear language sometimes can be limiting, but mm-hmm. what was the golden thread from, cause I feel like how fun that I met you for the very first time when you were <laughs> on stage <laughs> and you started your journey on stage. And then huh. in between what I love when I read your bio is that your path. Now I have not lived in India. I've been to India twice. Mm-hmm. And my connection to going to India had to do with awareness and just things dropping into my awareness. Mm-hmm. So I want you to, keep, I want to share that story with you either this time or off time, but I just, I'm kind of curious how you started to integrate your, and you it's all who you are now, but as it was happening, it's like you were in India, then you're back in the States, right? And then you're in it. So you were just, there's this golden thread of yoga, Ayurvedic
1: medicine. Were you also doing the creative arts? Uh-huh. No, I took a pause on that. I actually retired from the stage and I was an actress since I was eight years old. My wow. mother my mother was an actress. And when I was in India, I was completely immersed in the study of first Ayurveda, Ayurveda and then yoga. And um, as the years went by and I would come back here, Um, when I was initiated as a yoga teacher by my guru um, part of that initiation is that to share the practices uh, to your level of experience you know so um, we have a duty and this goes back from the beginning of time when there was the first spiritual master and the student um, that's how it's continued that's how it's expanded that's how we serve others is to serve. So I just started once a week. Oh my goodness.
0: I'm actually, I just need to pause. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm getting chills. And mm-hmm. in, in 2015, mm-hmm. I wrote this, I would say spiritual transmission.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, you know, I will read it to you in person, but I'm just going to give the summary. So I don't have it right here. But I wrote a spiritual transmission It started with loving all kind. Yes. All kind. And I put in capitalizations, all kind. Mm. And it was all sentient beings beyond what the human mind could imagine. Mm. And I said, I wrote as if, as if, as if this was going to happen. And that my role, and I put service as number one. This is why when you said service. And I imagined Imagined a world in which compassion, kindness, moving meditation mm-hmm. in the West, because I'm not from the, from the, the India. This is me at this in this earth lifetime that yoga, like practices like yoga, or my swimming is my moving meditation. Mm-hmm. Kindness, love, hope, healing, wellness, not illness. Mm-hmm. Would be integrated in our lives as though we're just like brushing our teeth. <laughs> and I
1: asked. And I wrote that in my wow. little few quotes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something after okay. that. Remind me about that brushing the teeth.
0: Oh, well, do you want to say it now? Oh yeah, I'm I'm fine your, with it. Tag, you're it. Great. We can yes. do these little
1: healthy inter <laughs> healthy
0: interruptions.
1: So so that is one of the little the little lines that one of my uh yoga teachers would say when and they're yogis. Right. So, and he would always say, you know, you know, you brush your teeth every morning and he'd get all excited and he'd be animated. Like he's brushing his teeth. And he was like, well, well, you got to do the same. That's what yoga is. You brush your teeth, you, and you clean your teeth, but yoga, you'll clean the mind. Oh, can I, I found my, I just went to it. I found it. Can I say yes. this? Yes. This
0: is August 18th, 2015 and i wrote down all kind intentions and capitals (laughs) Mm. my thoughts mission statement i am aligned with being a facilitator of health and wellness to help all kind to reach their highest vibration and their higher self through a greater awareness of consciousness i intend to continue to co-create with many thought leaders Hmm. To integrate our thoughts to achieve a better planet and universe. As if goals. Sounds like a little girl, like writing her little kindergarten, but I'm not. That's so beautiful. Here we go. As if goals. Meditation and kindness will be a natural part of everyday life. (laughs) Just like brushing your teeth, I put in parentheses. (laughs) (laughs) And I put, this will raise the vibration of the planet exponentially. Hmm. Society will accept that we all have intuition in varying degrees. We are all connected and that we are naturally evolving as a species. Society will accept that there is abundance and we need to live in a way that respects our earth. We need to redefine many terms to allow all of us to keep an open mind, an open heart to evolve and strive to be our best self. A couple little examples here. Mm. Examples intuitive, not psychic, wellness, not illness, reorder instead of disorder. Mm. And I put, I agree with the Dalai Lama. Compassion is the key. It starts with compassion for self, moves to compassion for family and friends, our communities, to, to our world and to our universe, all sentient beings. Mm. His holiness is including all beings on earth and the universe. Society will truly embrace compassion. And I put every MD and healthcare provider will be universally addressing mind, body, and spirit to achieve wellness. It will be a part of every intake and treatment plan. An integrative wellness plan with a nurse practitioner, social worker co-creating is a first line to present to the MD. And I put mind perspective. We are our thoughts. Thoughts change the world. Everyone will truly embrace this concept. It will be part of our education system. As doctors, we should be facilitators of wellness. We can validate someone's pain and suffering and let them know their Western medicine diagnosis, but we need to define an integrative wellness plan. Love yourself enough to take care of yourself and do not live from a fear-based perception. I'm not saying as humans, we will never have fear. It's primal, but realize there are solutions to getting out of fear because fear can be limiting okay, I'm going to shush now, but I, I just found this. And I'm like, I'm very resonating with you. I just wanted to let you know this. It's
1: beautiful. It's so powerful that you have such a strong mission statement like that. And now, and now look at uh, what you've been doing. That's the power of our intention of our creation.
0: Well, my kiss on the cheek from the universe right in this moment is that I get to talk to you. So I'm like, no, 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 no. Imagine little girls <laughs> with pigtails, and you got your lollipop. Like, hey, hey, Eugenie Jema, tell me about your wellness journey. <laughs> so, so I, so, so for, for with with absolute gratitude, I want to thank Michelle Pascal for inviting me to come on Sunday. I will be there this Sunday, yeah. and I want to weave this back to you. But what are the chances? I mean. We end up attracting different people, and on your whole journey to India, the the your start in New York, and your own inner voice that said, "I want to train with this master." Yeah. Then on the other end of the line, when the the someone said, "Yes, they will," they had to tune in though to your energy field
1: mm.
0: from a distance and ask themselves i i i can guarantee you i don't think they they just say yes to everyone so i just wanted people maybe you can now comment on everything because i i think you and i are in such resonance i'd love to just hear your your perception right now
1: well that's the that's the power of you know we can use intention intention is creation right and you, you hear, ask and you shall receive. You said the other day on stage, you know, that um, you had a question you asked, you opened a book, you got the answer. Um, that that is always there, right? We are- Wait, oh my God, I'm getting chills. Yogananda <laughs> is okay.
0: I have a book about ten feet away. Okay.
1: So-, so so we so we always have. It's it's there. The Universal consciousness, the quantum field, which we are directly connected with at all times, and our thoughts are the connections. So our thoughts are energies. The thoughts that we have, the questions that we ask, our desires are what we want to create when we send that out there, whatever they are. The, the positive or the or the not so favorable for us it's it's energy going sending out to that field of infinite possibility and potential and what's the law of the universe energy attracts <laughs> like energy so it's going to attract that right to us. So, we always so, have this power. So I literally <clears> just <throat> said but but I said it also uh Dr. Denise I said it also with And this is where it gets really powerful us when we activate the magnetism of the heart. So not only was my mind saying, I want to heal myself, I'm calling, you know what I mean? I want to have sources or people that can guide me, to educate me, to help me on this path. I attracted that but I wanted it. I had the will and the desire and the heart and the emotion about it, emotion, energy and motion. So that combo of sending our creation out and asking for something and then believing it and feeling the emotion about it, boom, it happens really quickly.
0: Absolutely. And I love doing audio only. I'm fine with on stage or different documentaries and things. Mm. One thing I love about some audio only is that we're hearing the vibrations of our voice. Mm. And as you were talking, I was thinking and I was just in my mind drawing the infinity sign. <laughs> and I want everyone to feel very powerful. Just like when you're little kids and they teach us stop, drop and roll. When we we catch on fire, (laughs) you can have your own awareness. So if you haven't traveled to India or you haven't, you have your own, you're so much more powerful than sometimes planet earth tells us. And I believe that we are our own best unique healers that we have Mm -hmm. our own answers. And that when we have an open heart, open mind and curiosity, we meet. That's why I said in that um, I did not know I was going to be reading that. I'm so grateful I got to. But mm-hmm. we can be our own facilitators of our own well being, mm-hmm. and then we have different people on our path. So on your path, you you had such a path. Like whoa, <laughs> were you ever just like in the midst of your journey, meeting all of these sacred gurus? and just like pinching yourself with gratitude
1: yes all the time all the, like humbled on my yes. on my knees prostrating in gratitude literally yes. literally because it was that profound and that big and it would happen so quickly i would ask for something and and i i, I just would be in absolute like like i'd fall in prostration of gratitude that the masters would be put in front of me to guide me.
0: So with that being said, I need to pause for one moment and grab the book because it's very important. Mm. I'm going to pause. Okay, I'm back. I needed to pause in this exact moment and let everyone know that on Saturday, prior to having the honor of going to Yogananda and experiencing the whole event with you, with Michelle, with everyone, I said to myself, I did this before when I went to India. When I went to speak at the Dalai Lama's Body Men Life Conference, I got the volumes of Darwin out. And the way I understand the universe is that whether someone's in this realm or other realms, if you're open to it and you're at that place, you can ask questions. And the way I do it is I ask questions. I just came up with this on my own with all my own different awarenesses. And I asked Darwin, what do you want me to include in this presentation? And mind you, I had huge volumes and I just let myself open naturally to the page. And it opened up to cooperation and altruism. Hmm. And because I feel like Darwin saying, hey, I know that my claim to fame was survival of the fittest, but I really wanted. And this is, by the way, I um, other individuals that are paradigm progression pioneers a integrative. I cannot make this up. There, there had been writings about that. He really wanted that to be more acknowledged and celebrated, not just survival of the fittest, but really the cooperation and altruism of what I would say when individuals thrive, we all thrive. So then all of a sudden on Saturday, I wanted to really be in the grace of coming on Sunday. And I said, oh my goodness." I have Yogananda's autobiography (laughs) and I got it and I didn't just right away open it. I didn't even open it. And even the way I found it in my library was like very intuitive.
1: Mm. I lit a
0: candle, I got my kombucha, took a deep (laughs) breath and I said, what does Yogananda want me to know (laughs) for us to know? (laughs) Then I turned just, I let, it's called like when people do automatic writing, I just automatically opened and this is where I'm so excited to have you on because the point that I just did the pause was talking about the quantum field, being open, leading with the heart. And what happened was I opened to chapter 33, which was about Babaji, the yogi Christ of modern India. Mm. And you, you and I had never met before, never met before. Mm. And this is who you mentioned. I'm getting chills. Thank you, Yogananda, because I believe he's so happy. He's like, Yay, These two are having the cutest little conversation. Okay, everyone, I imagine we're on Earth and like Yogini has a cute cartoon bubble coming out of her head, and I have one coming out of mine, and we're like having our discussion. But if we're open to it, so Yogananda, I said this, and then you mentioned it on stage, and now I'm gonna what I call Shush myself. Everyone knows shushing yourself is important, and I'd love for you to honor and celebrate Abhiji, the fact that the numbers were thirty-three and just everything about that that you're getting in this moment.
1: Are we doing a silent? I'm just wondering. Are you where... asking? Are you, oh, you asking me a question? I'm shushing myself. Oh, wait, I, I, sh- I shushed myself to come in gratitude. <laughs> <I'm open>. Wait, <laughs> you know I lost. <laughs> No, that's,
0: we, this is important. In yeah. your magazine, in, was it Vogue, the importance of slowing down. Mm-hmm. I've done a bunch of shows and just making it fun for pop culture, like shush yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So I shushed myself before I opened up the book. Then when I was listening to you on Sunday, what are the chances you honored and celebrate Prabhupada? You are, this is your, you are the yoga master. I'm coming in with this earth costume. I have my own version of mastery, which is very in my own. And then what are the chances that you mention this on stage? So can we just say thank you to Babaji and thank you to Yogananda and just hear
1: what's coming to mind for you right now? Gosh, Dr. Denise, you know, it's, this is the beauty of, you know, like like-minded souls coming together you know we the masters are here you know in the show it says energy never dies there is no death no distance no separation so all of all of the energy and the consciousness that all of these masters are are there present in universal consciousness and they bring us together you know it was such a powerful well, unity i, I invite yeah.
0: people to pay attention to their everyday no coincidences and their everyday yes. their version of their perception and in another i was like oh my goodness do i invite her to the embrace your neurostyle series she's like i'm like oh, yogini can be a diva yogini can be creative <laughs> yogini can be i'm like okay denise just have yogini on right yeah. so so with that being said though As you were studying in India, let's take it back to here, you were just honoring all the gurus. And you, I believe, with all of your training, I know when I was in India speaking at the Dalai Lama's uh, Tibetan Medical Society, I was incredibly fortunate to um, go to the Oracle of Tibet's home Mm. and to be with him. And my dear Lama Tenzin Shigal, who's a Dharma brother, he's he's someone I would love for you to meet. Mm. I thought this time, because I've met the Oracle of Te- Tibet a few times, I was going to ask him a question. He asked me a question about perception autism. Mm. And we had this very unique conversation about not only The Western possibility of looking at that. And by the way, I want to even take it away from the word autism. I want to just maybe talk about sensory perception. But we talked about energy fields and the way different human beings can connect with empathy. And then he was very interested because he had been brought a situation to him that he had never dealt with before. And it was the first time he saw it, and something I I I, in the Western understanding see more of. And so when you were in India, I felt like there was for myself with, with absolute gratitude, I feel very fortunate that I had the this ability to go and be at a conference and share my wisdom and learn about other people's wisdom, have all ages, backgrounds, and people, you know, speaking different languages and translations your entire DNA and spiritual DNA tapestry has now been woven Mm -hmm. in your whole like the lineage. Can you talk about your process of gratitude, of the wisdom, the knowledge and, and what you did experience
1: in India? Well, what what happened in India, and as we know there's so many, you know ancient lineages that we're blessed with, but when I actually took Diksha initiation with my guru, the first thing she said to me after, in Satsang, as I'm she's sitting right in front of me, said, You know, Guru is not an actual person. <laughs> now imagine you just you take Diksha, it is not just for this lifetime, it's for many lifetimes. You've you've committed yourself to the guru, to the pursuit of the highest spiritual knowledge and mastering that. And for them to say, "But guru isn't an actual person. It's an element. They call it the guru tatwa, the element. It is an element here that exists, a frequency. And when you tune into it, so many gurus came. That's where Yogananda came. They're all here, the Tibetan masters, the Indian masters, the the South American tribal masters, they will come everywhere you go. The Guru Tattwa, the, the frequency of of that, you know, um, realized wisdom and teachings and sharing it and helping to heal you, to elevate you, to expand you is there at all times. And I live in gratitude every second of every day to the Guru Tattwa. And all and that's and that's what India taught me. It wasn't even so much. Yes, I do have a guru from lineage and another uh, guru for Ayurveda through lineage, but my, my spiritual guru, Swami Satya Sangananda, is of a lineage, but that is what she herself taught me. Guru is not an actual person. It is an energy and it is out there. Always ready for us to tune in, to support us and elevate us or give us the knowledge that we need for whatever it is at any time. All we have to do is tune in and ask, and it's there.
0: So, can we and I together, since we've had this, when you just said it's there, tune in? I mentioned a little while ago in a fun way to weave this, like the stop, drop, and roll, but I talk about awareness self-love and altruism and we go through series of crisis stabilization and thrive moments you just mentioned that leading with the heart Mm -hmm. quantum field so i feel like for anyone that's on their own unique path and listening to their own inner voice of what tools they can do every day can you give sort of like a template that resonates you talked about just you've talked about many of the golden nuggets during the show but i'd love for you just to hear like a day of
1: structure and gratitude from your perception
0: <clears throat>
1: well it's all mindfulness and awareness right to start with that but in 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 really staying with what we were talking about is um is heart and creating and intention because i think that's kind of been a really big um some big notes that we've hit during our. Time together is that we have to first slow down the mind, right? And we have to slow down the mind every day. Um, we, we have to understand that we've got like four gear shifts in the mind like four, three, two, one. They're waves in the brain. And four is that, you know, that wave in the brain that from the moment we open our eyes that we operate and function on all day long till the end of the day. That's that that beta wave, right? But all those subconscious waves, and we don't need to go down the rabbit hole of that now, but the the beta wave, the theta wave, and the the alpha wave, the theta wave, and the delta wave is this 95% force connected to universal consciousness, to everything. It's there for us. If we want to access it, it's really simple. Every morning when we wake up, when we're coming into a conscious state, You're going from gear one, deep sleep, gear two, dream state, which is meditative state, gear three, you start to become aware that you're waking up right there every morning. Stop. You're in the subconscious and start to now tune in to a force within you, which is your power of desire. What are your wants? What do you want? physically to create? What do you want emotionally to create in your life? What do you want mentally? Whatever it is you want to create, tune into that. that Our desire is a powerful force that drives us to every single moment of every single day. We're just not harnessing that energy and becoming mindful and intentful about it all the time. So in that state, when you're waking up and you're predominant waves in the brain are still within the subconscious force. Tune in to what it is you want and you'll start to feel what's most important for you for this time in your life. And in as you start to tune in, just align with what's most important and set your intention for, the, for this day of your life. Begin your day with that mindfulness and that, that power that you possess. And then you start, you wake up, you get out of bed and you start doing everything that you're doing. And I can give you beautiful spiritual practices to do, but that is a sacred moment. It is a gift that's been given to us by the creator that we have all of us universally every morning that we wake up the power to access what, what monks, what meditators, what yoga, yogis get to access by all of the practices that we, they do. We naturally are given that every single morning of our life when we come into a wakeful state to have access to that 95% force of consciousness within. And then that force is the will and power that's going to manifest it in the days of our lives and in our life.
0: That resonates. And the vi- so when people hear mindfulness, I, for myself, mindfulness is being in the moment of now mm. and having self observation. Mm. And I love that you, I love the gear shift analogy. And then sometimes people have automatic thoughts. I've done. I had uh, one of my series is called "On Staying Sane." On staying sane, (laughs) and it's like people get up in the morning and their alarm might go off, or they might they don't realize that that's a very crucial time Mm -hmm. of self love. Yes, and if you have a habit of maybe the first thing in your mind going, "Oh no, I'm going to run late," or "Oh no, I've got to make breakfast," or "Oh no." that you can use that energy and you can shift the energy. Sometimes people don't realize that anxiety or that stress can shift really nicely into excitement and gratitude. Mm. So I think one of the big things is paying attention to your own thoughts. And, and you. this is something you're, you are a master but I think a lot of times people I know, especially if they haven't had any background in this, almost are like afraid of the word meditation or, Oh no, it's mindful. Oh no. How can I, cause I, cause so I think that, um, I've done some shows. I did a, the last show I did with Michelle Pascal. We almost did like meditation Mythbusters, or.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so much fun.
0: Right. Right. Because we can be academic and conscious and, and have mastery, but then, how do we get these messages? And maybe this is a good way to wrap up because I'd love to have you back on. But how do we get, you know, we're we're bridging many realms of wisdom and knowledge. We've pretty much told everyone you have your own unique power, your own new unique gifts. You're connected to your own self-love. And if you believe in a higher power, your universal consciousness, how that looks for you. But a lot of times people it just is overwhelming and it's, I feel like your story of how all of a sudden you were at the TSA, like, like the checkout and it was like a crisis moment mm-hmm. and then your own journey, your unique ordinary that became extraordinary journey is how it can be for all of us.
1: <laughs> of course. But, but people <laughs> sometimes
0: don't realize that. Mm-hmm. They don't. They um, think, you know well, what I'm
1: saying? I- well, I didn't I didn't realize it exactly you know? I didn't I didn't realize it at all um, but that's the the power is in the experience in trying it and in the practice I knew nothing what this little capsule of practice that I was doing in in yoga so to revert back to what that practice is but to just move the spine in its five different ways right to um to understand the power that you have of breath just like debunk there's so many different kinds of breath work but just understand the simple science that Breath and mind are directly connected. You slow down the breath. You slow down the brain waves. You slow down the brain waves. You have access to the subconscious, which is where your intuition is, which is where your willpower is, which is where your creative power is. Which is, um, you know, going deeper and deeper. The more you get it into, into, you know, your your psychic abilities and and tapping into universal consciousness abilities. We, it's all just waves of the brain and our breath, by slowing down our breath and deepening our breath, we first, just physically, slowing down the breath, Activates the parasympathetic nervous system. The parasympathetic nervous system activates all the healing mechanisms in the body. Suddenly you're gonna you're gonna create a state of homeostasis in the body. you all of your the chemicals in your body, the distributions of the hormones are going to to balance. All the organs in the body and the operating systems of the body are going to come into balance. And when you're in that balanced state, suddenly you're you're at peace, you're feeling relief you are tapping into joy you're tapping into some some bliss and contentment and we we have that forget even like just our breath do we know all of these powers that we have to slow down our breath do we know that when we close our eyes that 80% of the stimulation that activates our brain and pulls us away from all these powers is when our eyes are open. If we could just close our eyes and slow down our breath, we have a whole new realm of potential and possibility right there at our fingertips. I'm smiling. I can't, this is I feel like this is like a confession.
0: Are you ready? <laughs> Are we having fun yet? All right. So I love that you just said that about when you actually, from a sensory perception, mm-hmm. when we close our eyes, what we are able to access. I love this. During this last three years of the time when the pandemic started, my practice has gone. I have an integrative adult and child psychiatry practice, and I integrate whatever tools in the toolbox match the soul that's coming to see me. Of course, I still have the costume of the Western MD and I'm glad that I have those credentials, Mm. but it's really interesting. I have done, as I continue to grow with heart energy, I will tell you people have wanted to do telehealth and a lot of people like the voice only. I have zoom. I still have my Manhattan beach office, Mm. but Before and after each session in order to really revere my time with each person that I'm listening to, I have a methodology. And I literally, the people who know that I use my intuition, because everyone's at different states of their own awareness and I don't push that on anyone. Yes. I, in between sessions, I lay down and I shut my eyes and I have a candle lit. Beautiful. Because I like to tune in to I like to clear the field the quantum field from one individual to the next I like having my home decorated very like very sacred and this is my temple and I do exactly what you said and I actually think a lot of my patients, number one, they don't, this is just fun. They don't want to get in their car and drive. Everyone's like, the gas is high or, or, or we found, or we found out you're very effective, just voice to voice, but I just wanted to challenge everyone that I have accessed a much higher level of creativity, yes, intuition, yes. empathy, psychic ability. I also spend usually 60 to 90 minutes a day in the pool. And that's where I swim and I pray and I call them laps of love. So I've adapted my breath work and prayer in the pool. Beautiful. And so I feel like I've, I've gained years of time by accessing these other higher levels of awareness. And sometimes people are like, how do you get so much done? And I think it's because of that recreation. This goes back to the infinity loop of your, uh, I don't know if it was your Vogue or your L about recreation. <laughs> so it goes back to like that deep play what does that even mean like we've Mm -hmm. talked about shushing yourself you've talked about the gears when you wake up and accessing your dream state intuitive state you talked about 80 percent higher levels of sensory awareness when your eyes are shut these are all tips Mm -hmm. and tools that you can adapt in your way People get that when they're running. I've learned how to, when I decide to go clean my kitchen, uh, do my dishes or fold the wash, right before I go to do it, I tell myself, this is a meditation. This is like my relax. So instead of like how maybe my mind used to think, even like five or seven years ago, I was not as joyous about folding the laundry. (laughs) So I like I like Julie's little challenges. And like <laughs> if you're telling other people to how to be like how to have less stress or mental wellness or calm your mind, right? So I can you relate to integrating the tips you just said into everyday
1: life for yourself? Oh, absolutely, everything can become a meditation. Yeah. Why? What? What is? What is the prequel, uh, or let's say the conduit of a meditative state? Is slowing down the brain waves, which means slowing down the thoughts. We slow down the thoughts when we focus them. So you can do anything focused, folding the laundry in a focused matter and go into a meditative state because you're focused on that action that you're doing. You're slowing down the thoughts in the mind through your concentration and focus. And entering into a meditative state, the same thing that we talked about—the subconscious uh, waves in the brain become activated the second that you start to to focus and 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 concentrate your energy. And we can do it with everything. I do it with cooking. I do it with cleaning. I do it, of course, when we're like writing or artists are always usually in an in an alpha. That gear three, you know, uh, that just a lower the creative state. Why? Because they're focusing on what they're creating.
0: Can they're you focusing go over
1: on all the gears so people can listen. So they're getting the
0: ABCs of this.
1: Yep. Okay. Four gears. One, deep unconscious state. When you have like REM, right? You don't remember any of the thoughts in your head or anything. It's just that, that block of the night that. You don't remember anything. Deep delta waves operating at a low frequency, probably up to at about, you know, five hertz in the brain. Then we go into a theta wave gear two. That's that's um, your dream state, so you can. You remember some of your dreams, you don't remember some of your dreams, but the, the awareness is there, it's going in and out. This is actually the same frequency, which goes out up to about eight hertz in the brain, and that is the theta wave in the brain. So that's gear two, also the goal meditation state you want to get to, right? Then gear three, we're getting faster, right? So now gear three is a very deeply relaxed state you haven't slipped into dreaming yet you're you're you could be dozing in and out you know it's like when you're on the couch right you're you're watching TV you're dozing yeah. in and out or you're lying there you're dozing right those are alpha waves you're you're starting to go into gear, gear 2 again down but you're still in gear 3 right you're relaxed you're calmer or you're really focused in what you're doing when artists are creating whether you're Doing a painting, if you're writing a poem, if you're um, uh, doing anything like a, a yarn work or sewing, you're focused. Those are alpha waves. They're because they're less less uh, activity, less energy is happening in the mind because the average person's having about 70,000 thoughts. So bursts of energy in the brain a day. Well, when you reduce that, that's when you start to change the gears. So when we focus, boom, we're we're in a more relaxed, focused state. That's gear three. Now up it, we're going up now. We're in full drive. We wake up, we get our coffee, we're analytical thinking, we're communicating, we're talking, we're moving, we're on the go. We're planning, we're doing, we're working, we're going, we're active, right? Physical active state, that's, that's a beta wave, and that can go from 15 hertz all the way up to 30 or more. So one, two, three, four... Every one of us has them all day long, except mostly we're at four. And then we relax, go into gear three, two, one in our sleep state, all out of our awareness. So in the spiritual practitioner world, we actually try and keep our awareness where usually we would just fall into sleep. We actually...
0: So I love that you just said this. This is why I love... Um, I have my office for very infrequent now because most people love here and my home has become so sacred. I will go to my office as a field trip, but I've made this after my son goes <laughs> to school. I, my home is like its own version of a sacred temple. My mind's sacred. And I try to stay at, like, I know I have to go into four at times, mm-hmm. but I'd like to be three, mostly three. <laughs> so yes. So I just, one of my, the gifts of the pandemic for many of us, if we're fortunate to now even be aware of this, I think sometimes just like, remember how you said your first six months and you got back from India and you didn't even realize what happened. Yeah. I think many people are now realizing that this is like being very relatable, that maybe a hybrid work schedule or more time in nature or more Mm -hmm. time doing yoga or me, the swimming that we've created, if we're, if we don't go back into that frenetic lifestyle, that that's where we can have the highest level of health. And I love that you just, cause you know, I, I honestly was like, oh my goodness, it doesn't even really matter which series it is. I'm so honored to have you on. You just (laughs) talked about the creativity, right? And I always like to say creativity fuels the soul, but you're really at a place where you're fueling more inner
1: peace. Mm -hmm. Most definitely.
0: So, I don't, this is honestly the longest interview I've done in like years. And I just want everyone to know that I'm strategically going long because number one, I'm on a really fun play date with um, Yokini <laughs> Jama. <laughs> so, maybe you've like listened to this in a couple parts and I, think that I'm very honored to know her and I'm gonna get to know more of her body of work and have her back on for some like some shorts where we can give some tools Mm. because you have so much knowledge and wisdom. I'm wondering if right now, because everyone's gonna have your bio, you can let everyone know some of the different ways that you are helping others, inspiring others, the different ways people can find you, but ways they can work with you or co-create
1: with you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my, my husband, Yogi Cameron, and I started a portal, InspireLiving.co, and it's a community where all of the teachings are there. Our first intention was that all people, um, wherever they are in the world, globally, can have the teachings for free. And that's how it started. So you can actually go onto this portal and learn what a daily practice can be, um, what a meditation practice can be, what a pranayama breathing practice can be. Um, what is meditation? What is pranayama? You know, answering all these questions. What is spiritual? Spirituality. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things that kind of people can just get confused about. Or um, So that was first, the platform that we did. And then... Um, and then we offer some other deep dives. If people want tools, uh, we do retreats. We finally, this year starting our retreats again, after three years of not being able to, um, welcome people into a closed space, you know, Mm -hmm. an intimate space with others. Um, we have, uh, one-on-one sessions that we do with others, but that's starting to become more, um, in group sessions, um and when you go into the shop at inspire living you can for example do the yo if you want to take a deeper dive Mm -hmm. um i do a yoga nidra series it's available for free on the site if you want to just try it but if you want to go deep into um changing the brain waves there's actually yogic scientific methods to do that and um was one of the great blessings that I received from my guru was being able to uh, teach yoga nidra. nidra. So nidra in, in Sanskrit means sleep. And this practice actually um, activates the sleep wave, which is the theta wave, that gear two that I spoke about in the brain during the practice. So it's based on practices that are tens of thousands of years old and Um, It's actually through the pandemic, what I taught solely to nurses, to Mm -hmm. doctors, people that, yeah. And um, I realized, you know, when people are under such pressure and stress, unknown is there, fear is there. I mean, we confronted things, you know, that people had never confronted before. And globally, we did as well, you know, together. Um, that to teach a meditative practice or a breathing practice um, wasn't as helpful as just telling people to lie down and just allow yourself to relax and follow the guided instructions. That's it. Anybody can do it. Any time of the day. I developed a a yoga nidra that was 15 minutes, and nurses were doing it in their little cubicle breaks during their 12-hour shifts or some were doing 24-hour shifts, you know. So um, it, it's a really powerful practice. So that's one, of, that's one of the big offerings. And, you know, you can do it um, on the site or you can download um, the series and go really deeper into it. Your choice. Fantastic. So where can everyone find you? Um, What websites?
0: We're going to have it in the bio, but it would be great for people to hear it.
1: Yep. InspireLiving.co is the site. You can find me there. Uh, Emails will get to me from there. Um, I am on social media on Instagram, and a lot of uh, these teachings and practices are shared there as well. And I'm yogini. Uh, lower slash Jema on Instagram. Well, I want to thank you for our time today.
0: <laughs> I loved our laughter, and <laughs> I have so many other. I, you, okay, everyone listening, this was like a little happy party for me to meet another amazing soul. So, mm-hmm. I would also recommend that you go out there and have fun with someone like Yogini. <laughs> And and thank you all for listening. Thank you so much for being on the show. And thanks for all the offerings that we now know about. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks, everyone. Thank Thank you. Thank you.